until we went to the World Health Organization, where there are experts working all over the world on this issue. They then said, uh, this is a wrong question to ask, what NHR will cost, because it all depends on your country, because it will cost what you design it to cost. If you want it to cost a trillion rand, it will do so. If you want to cost it billions, it, you know, they are saying you design what you want. A, a very simple example I can give a piece of it, that if you organize a wedding, you can have a wedding for one uh, uh, million rand, if you so wish. Somebody can also organize a very good wedding for 50,000 rand. It all depends what you want to have and how you want to have it. So the World Health Organization said stop answering the question about how much will NHI cost. Sit down and say, let's design something that will be good for everybody in, in, in our country. That will be affordable. That won't bring the economy down. That's basically why that question was framed in that way. Okay, so Minister, let's talk about it. Obviously, you can't design it without looking at the needs of the people. So for you, in order to raise money, you need to have some benchmark, uh, so to speak, of who needs it, the, the levels of accessibility, where health uh, institutions are. Where are we sitting with regards to that? Just come again, where are we sitting? Not what? In terms of access to health institutions, as we know that uh, accessibility in some areas, even rural areas, is somewhat wanting. So I'm saying the cost, surely, in terms of meeting the needs, will come from some of those factors. Am I correct? Oh, yes, there are many other factors. It will also come uh, from the pricing of what is accessible already in the private sector, the manner in which it's priced. But it also comes to the provision in public health. In fact, so in the NDP, the National Development Plan, is clearly outlined. It says there are two big problems that South Africa must solve. One is to bring down the exorbitant fees that are being levied in private health care. Two is to bring the quality and efficiency in public health care. You know, uh, we, we have developed a lot of access to this. What is left is to bring the quality and efficiency. I am saying so because 40% of the health infrastructure we have got in the country has been built during the 21 years of democracy. The remaining 60% has been built over 300 years. But in the first 21 years of democracy, we've built 40% of the health infrastructure to, to develop access. What our biggest problem is, is quality. In the private sector, the quality is there, the efficiency is there, but nobody is, is, is able to pay for it. Even people with medical aid, by the way, I was announcing today the number of people with medical aids whose benefits have finished, starting with myself. I don't have benefits for the past three months, despite belonging to the one of the highest paid, I mean, one of the most expensive medical schemes. And how much country. do you pay, Pardon. Minister, per month? Are you Hello? able to? How much do you pay per month? Are you able to share that information with us? Oh yes, I've shared it publicly. I'm paying fourteen thousand rand per piece of a month. And you say you've already run out of your benefits. Oh, I've run out of it in October. Many people ran out of it in August. This is a normal thing that is happening in South Africa today. And, and in other words, the premiums of medical schemes are going higher and higher. But the, 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 the benefits are dropping down. People's medical aids are getting finished. The medical aids are complaining. Schemes are complaining. They've written me a letter. In fact, they too are collapsing. I was showing a graph today. That shows how many medical aids we have in 2005. Mm. There were about 131. Now we are left with uh, 145. Now we are left with 83. It means, according to our projection, if we don't do anything, 
in the next 10 years, there will be no medical scheme left in the country because they simply cannot carry the cost. It is impossible for them. So, Minister, how do we envisage that this will work? You've said that it's not going to be a sprint, that uh, it's going to be a long process. So how do you how are you going to amend medical aid so that they provide complementary services, but also the benchmark for all health institutions to be able to be accredited NHI service providers? Well, so I said this is an ultra-marathon. It's not a sprint. Introducing universal health coverage is an ultra-marathon. Mm. Maybe it will comfort you to, to know that the whole world is moved in that direction. Actually, the 12th of December has been chosen by United Nations as the World Universal Health Day. Just like you have got World H Day and World TB Day, the 12th of December has been chosen as such. And uh, today... The United Nations is celebrating that day for the first time because the 12th is a weekend. Now, now they, they are celebrating the day on which, in 2012, on the 12th of December, 92 countries signed a resolution at United Nations that we need to change healthcare systems to move in that direction. Now, that change is called the third transition to healthcare. It's a huge revolution, and it can't happen overnight. That's why I said it's an ultra-marathon. Is going to be done bit by bit. But today, I outlined the teams that are going to be involved in this change, starting with the team that would create an NHI fund, the team that will decide on the future of medical schemes, the team that will decide on the provider purchaser split, the team that will decide on the package of services, the team that will do negotiations on prices. So all the teams I announced them today, and in each of the teams, we put an expert from the World Health Organization to help us. For instance, in the team about the package of services, we put somebody from NICE in the UK. NICE is an institution of excellence in the UK where they decide, because they've been running this team for the past 67 years, where they decide what are the services that the, po- the population needs, which are the services that are not needed, which ones must be included in the package. We have included them to help us so that we don't try to reinvent the wheel when somebody else has already reinvented. And, and then we are saying this whole process will be done over three phases in a period of 14 years. The first phase is five years. We started calculating that from 2011. We move into the next five years, and then lastly, the last four years. That is how we are planning the whole thing. Just in terms of use of the NHI minister, so how many visits per year will consumers be allowed to get? And uh, in terms of referrals to, I mean, in terms of specialists, does that mean it's strictly by referrals? Yes, yes. One of the problems the South African healthcare is, is having today, which is happening in other countries, Thirty so, believe you me, if you go to England now, and you go direct to a hospital without visiting your GP, they won't accept you. They say healthcare must start at the primary healthcare level. If you are in England, you go directly to a tertiary hospital, they won't accept you. They'll tell you you must come by referral. And that is what is missing in the healthcare system in South Africa. Some 30 years ago, when I was a medical student, it was like that. It was just changed overnight. I don't know how, how it was changed because I can't find any document here in the Department of Health. I can't find the policy. I'm not even sure nobody can tell me who did it and for what reason, but it has made health very expensive. You will recognize the piece of that in the legal fraternity. That is not allowed. You don't wake up and go to senior counsel at the high court without passing the smaller court. You always start there, it goes up 
we don't go for a senior counsel for a minor case that is a magistrate court because otherwise the legal system will be exorbitantly expensive. Unfortunately, we have rendered the healthcare system exorbitantly expensive by those type of things. And in the white paper, we are proposing that we need to go back to the basics whereby people come in by referral. Mm. Are you saying the privilege enjoyed, especially by those in the private healthcare system, is actually pushing up the cost for those in the public health care system? Well, even the World Health Organization and the Organization for Economic uh, 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 Cooperation and Development in Europe has actually said so in two different documents because they are helping us to study the cost of health care. The OECD document is saying we are completely out of sync with the rest of the world in our cost there. And they say, yes, what's happening in the private sector definitely in crunches on the events in the public sector. Take, for instance, because you are pulling money for the elite, the richest 8% of the population, I mean, sorry, the richest 16% of the population who are 18 million people, pushing them into one corner where they get the health care alone, leaving the other 42 million who are 84% of the population, but the poorest. The result is that it also pulls the staff. Now, 80% of the specialist episode are saving 16% of the population of South Africa, 8% of the specialists. The remaining 84% of the population is only served by 20% of the specialists. That cannot be. Uh, when you look to allied health professionals like uh, audiologists, speech therapists, optometrists, physiotherapists, uh, occupational therapists, who hardly ever find them in the pub, uh, uh, public sector. Yet we need their services. We have just completed screening episode for physical barriers to learning in, uh, in, in quintal one and two schools in the pilot district. 380,000 school kids went through that screening. One set of them has either of the three problems of hearing, of eyesight, and speech. They need a speech therapist, an audiologist, an optometrist, but they are not there in the public sector. As I'm sitting here, I'm leaving those kids to, to suffer, knowing very well that they want part. Okay, no, just we must buy those services in the public sector. Just a, in uh, the private sector, we must go and purchase them and use them to help our kids. Just as briefly as you can, Minister, my final question is, we spoke about the minimum standards. Uh, what will they be? And uh, is it according to how many patients clinics see just in terms of the funding they'll get as well? Is it according to what? I, I didn't check the last time. How many patients a clinic sees, just in terms of uh, the funding and support that they'll get? How will the funds be distributed? Well, well, what we are going to do, so is the NHI. Firstly, to, 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 to be eligible for services, whether you are a public or a private institution, the Office of Health Standard Compliance must come and do inspection there. They must inspect. The inspectors must come in and check the hospital for cleanliness, for infection control, for the attitude of staff, for, 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 for the long queues, for drug stock out, for many other things, for the financial management, the infrastructure maintenance, etc. Only when they are satisfied, they give you accreditation. Then NHI can purchase services from you. In other ways, there's going to be purchase a provider speed. If you are below standard, we won't even talk about purchasing services from you. Because they will tell you that, look, go and improve ABC. This service you are giving here is not up to scratch. Then, thereafter, there will be a team in the NH, I mean, the NHI negotiating team, which will negotiate with you the deal. 
in terms of how many people you must see, how much must you pay, what must you sue them for. And then, it's not just paying you for the people you see, it's also looking for results in the people. At the moment, uh, I, I can give an example. We talk of quality in the private hospitals, for instance, if they treat you with diabetes. But nobody knows how many diabetes are under control, who are undergoing treatment there. They treat people with high blood pressure. We don't know how many are under control. They treat pregnant women. We don't, the, the child mortality rate in the whole country or in a particular hospital is not known. We know it for the whole country and we know it's not good. So we will also, after uh, uh, contracting you, come and evaluate and say, but you are not producing results. Yes, we are seeing so many people. They are coming, they are collecting medicines, but there are no results. People Minister, I'm afraid yes. we're going to have to leave it there, but we really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for speaking to us. That's the National Health Minister, Dr. Arun Mutsualid.